0: Right at the beginning of Galatians, Paul sets out his testimony as evidence of the truth of the gospel of Jesus. And it's the same with us as disciples. The gospel of Jesus is true and our testimony of life is part of the evidence which illustrates that it's true. As Jesus says in Matthew 6, by their fruit you will recognise them. So, as we think about the message of Galatians in this Playmakers podcast, we're talking to real people and thinking about how the Gospel of Jesus has transformed, underpinned and built the lives of men and women of God, men and women in our community. How do they live in freedom and guard that freedom in Christ? These are not the testimonies of people who are far away, but people who sit next to us at CCBS on Sundays and in small groups, real people who show that Jesus is Lord in their daily lives. In this episode of Playmakers, we talk about offense. That's in the American football sense of the word. Offense in American football means attack. So we talk about what's the best form of attack you have when the sins of the flesh try to tackle you. We talk about eating, we talk about alcohol, we even talk a little bit about pornography Um, It's a really good episode. We really enjoyed the conversations and especially because we were talking to Mark and Christine who are a lovely couple, amazing couple from our church. If you don't know them, go and say hello to them when you get a chance to and we hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Galatians podcast. I am your co-host Matt. Thank you for joining us. We are really excited to be joined by a number of people today. We have Christine And Mark, and of course, our co host Nigel. Welcome, everyone. Hey, guys. So, can you just very quickly let's just go around the room, let's just tell a little bit about ourselves. I'll start so that not everyone's nervous. But as I said, my name is Matt. I've been part of the community church here for I think it's about 12 years. And my claim to fame is that my wife Esther was the first person to be baptized in the baptistry in the carry centre so beat that nigel
0: <laughs> so uh i'm nigel i am a co-host as well although i'm not saying very much at the moment i've been at the community church for about three or four years i'm not sure which it just kind of melds into one and i have no claims to fame with the community church whatsoever and i'll leave it at that
2: <laughs>
3: hi there my name is mark my claim to fame is i'm married to christine so wow. yeah, that's really cheesy, I know. No, yeah. no, I'm part of this group and I've been at the church for ooh, six years and I'm married to Christine and I'm from South Wales originally and moved here when I married my lovely wife.
2: And on that note, I'm Christine. Hi, everyone. I have been at the Caris Centre more than 20 years. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I came to the Caris oh, at a very, very difficult, challenging time in my life. But I've learned there's
1: been a few more since and they take me on to higher and better places. Guys, we are so <laughs> pleased to have you here and we've got a big a big big topic to discuss tonight and so I am gonna introduce the big question. So today, the question is: what is the first line of offense or offense, especially when dealing with acts? Of the flesh, So should we break this down a bit?
0: Hold on a minute. I've been hanging around churches very many years and there is an awful lot of offence I've seen people take. <laughs> they normally take it when I make a joke or when a prophecy comes along. So what do you mean by offence, Matt? I,
1: I think when I mean offence, I mean how do we proactively go against the acts of the flesh? And I suppose actually it might help to try and define what we mean by that. So when you hear the term acts of the flesh, what immediately springs to mind? Sexual immorality. Hubba hubba. That immediately comes to mind to me.
2: I guess I'm going off at the deep end, am I? Going to go for it.
0: But that is the first thing people think yeah. of, isn't it? I mean, you know, this is... I am fighting every bone in my body against making inappropriate jokes. So I apologise in advance if I do make any. But that's the acts of the flesh that most people think of. But are there others?
1: I've been thinking about this. I think you could say that perhaps even
0: greed
1: and when i say greed i mean gluttony i mean feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but you know you want to you want to feed your flesh and so it's a good that, thing this all... isn't a visual podcast right yeah really, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah it is has anyone brought any cream cakes um but but like again yeah like gluttony and greed i, I think for me yeah. I, I would i would class that under acts of the flesh again i'm quite happy for someone to disagree you're getting a bit close to the mark because they're the ones we'd
2: rather not talk about because i think we all struggle with it well i do anyway because i like to say if I eat a bit too much or if I work a little bit too hard, that's not really greed and gluttony. Mm-hmm. But I guess when you break it down, it kind of is.
0: Well, there's a good old fashioned word, isn't there, which is gratify. I think an act of the flesh is something that gratifies the flesh. So we do it for ourselves. It's a selfish thing. We do it as a response to maybe some kind of inner calling that makes us want to do it. I, when I feel stressed, I eat. Mm which is why I look like a Weeble. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there are different things as well. There are far less edifying things that i've done and do when i feel stressed as well but we might get onto that later hopefully not in too much detail
2: yeah i so wish you guys hadn't brought that one up because i thought i was a really good christian until you mentioned that and started breaking it down (laughs) 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 So,
0: christine tell us about your sins no sorry so
1: so you said we were jumping off the deep end and again with um when you talked about you know sexual immorality i think one of the biggest ones just come to mind pornography it's huge. Absolutely huge. And we. one of the things that we, we did say when we wanted to do this podcast is we wanted to talk about the difficult stuff. And I think we can't talk about dealing with acts of the flesh without even mentioning pornography. So again let's let's just let's just kind of clarify what we said so we talked about sexual immorality we talked about greed or gluttony you, we've mentioned gratification or self gratification and we talked about pornography and so when when we look at this question what is the first line of offense so how do we how do we proactively
0: uh, so the Attack reason def- well, <laughs> the, the offence thing is brought up is because the Galatians, the, the overall thing in Galatians is that Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and he's effectively saying you had the gospel, you had it well, you understood it and you've been drawn away from it. Why have you been drawn away from it? And this is how you get back into it. You concentrate on what we taught. You follow what God says. Jesus is the salvation, not the law. It's by his salvation on the cross that you are saved, not by works. And so in this case, what we're talking about as the acts of flesh, correct me if I'm wrong, is really the things that are temptations and drives that draw us away from where we're supposed to be, which is in the presence of God because nothing impure or disgusting or horrible or unkind or wrong can be in God's presence or can be born in God's presence because God is perfect, God is grace, he is love, he's light. So, sorry to get all theological, but that's the first line of offence, therefore, is what is it that we use to fight these acts of the flesh that we are tempted by, Mm -hmm. drawn towards?
2: If I may interject here, I think for me, the acts of the flesh are that instant gratification, like you said, but it also takes me away from Christ. So even though it might feel good in the moment, if I continue to do it, I then start getting up by guilt, which begins to convict me, not condemn, just convict me and I should be better So there is a kind of that moment of decision when I can change, but actually it's so much easier just to carry on with what feels good. Mm. So I think for me, over time, you learn the instant gratification isn't worth it. It's not worth the pain of coming away from God to offend him just because you want to feel good in the moment. And actually, is it really making you feel good?
0: Mm. You see, if I'm completely honest about it, I know that to be true. In my head, I know that to be true. And I do it anyway. Mm. Mm. And I I feel shame. I feel disgust at myself. I've struggled. I mean, I'm being completely authentic here. I've struggled with pornography since I was a teenager. I still struggle with it. I'm better off than I was as a teenager. I struggle with food habits because I eat a lot. I struggle with anger. All of these things, in honesty, for me, they're acts of the flesh because they are often the first line of defence I go to when I feel rubbish. And then I feel even more rubbish because I've done them. And then, mm. and it's just this it's thing. No how, do, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how do we get through that?
3: It's interesting that other conversations has gone because the one thing that comes to mind is self-control and how we practice self-control i remember years ago uh, when i first became a christian there there was a conversation in a preach with one of my old pastors from cardiff and he was telling a story about you know it was to do with sexual immorality and and things like that It, it was really interesting anecdote he said that a lot of the pastors that would go on the road preaching to different churches and whatnot when they would stay in hotels they would ask the concierge or the reception to take the television out of the room Mm. so they weren't put in that situation and i think that sometimes we need to put things in place to help us with self-control you've had my phone before haven't you with so i've asked christine before to put a password in my phone so there's no i don't get access to adult content Mm. because One, we're entering into a covenant together as husband and wife. I'm repenting of the sin that I've committed by watching porn on the odd occasion. And I've gone to my wife and actually said, right, okay, we need to address this. So can you put a password on my phone so I can't access it in in a moment of weakness? Mm. And I think self-control, we can put parameters in place where... to to help us with self-control because it's that teachable moment it's that split second decision that we go down the wrong path and if we physically turn away from the sin we're about to commit you know in that split second or we can put practices in place that help us to do that then i think it's going to help us with self-control and help Mm. us with fighting against the acts of the flesh
2: i mean it sounds a bit draconian but it's not at all it's about changing habits and creating new and better habits because as nigel was saying earlier we don't actually like the end result anyway very very simply if you think about i know matt and i go to london quite a lot or at least we did Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-covid just very simple london bridges to stop people jumping have literally put bushes spiky fences to stop jumpers and you know if there is certain obstacle to getting to what you want to do and you have a moment to think about it it has actually reduced the rates of jumpers off bridges so from a practical point of view it's just about creating better habits and behaviors
1: yeah i I think the other thing because you, you talk about habits but i think communication is a massive massive one you talked about you know being married and how you've dealt with that. I remember being a, a single man, it was even worse. You know, you have lots of time on your hands. And and so finding effective strategies to help with that are, were extremely helpful, like blockers, like blockers on on uh, that you can you can go to your, your internet provider and and make sure that actually nothing can get through. There was even I remember I I downloaded some software Uh, And I had two people, two uh, two people that I trusted, that I was accountable to. And if I searched for certain stuff, the software would literally send them a copy of what i'd what i'd looked at
0: no it was covenant eyes or it's something some, something still, like it?
1: it was something wow. like that and, and it was completely free i'm sure i'm sure they still still do it now a group that wasn't a whatsapp group this was before whatsapp was big but me and a couple of my friends we, we were single uh, in our 20s um we wanted to honor jesus we had our little club and we called it lust busters <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> love it <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what it, and what it was was if if we were feeling tempted all it was is we could just send a a text out to say "Lost busters or something like that and we call one another and we say right let's go out and do something or let's go out mm. for a run because it was it, you know a, a lot of the time it, it was just boredom and being on your own and thinking like you said getting that instant gratification and so having those things in place like you said like they have them on on the bridges it just gets you to think do i actually want to do this mm. one final thing that I, I found very helpful was i read a book called i kissed dating goodbye by a guy called joshua harris and and he had written in one of these these passages that god has basically got a house for us in heaven and every time i choose those websites over honoring jesus it's like the blueprints change mm. it's like that you lose the square footage now, I'm not trying to guilt myself into that, you know, but at the same time, knowing that it made me want to choose what God had the blueprint for rather than the instant. Right. Let's let's have some fun now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And what comes to mind when I hear that instant gratification? I love your what's that love busting group that you got? Lustbusters. Oh, Lustbusters. <laughs> Instant gratification is depending on you keeping it quiet, keeping it in the dark. So it's almost like that by getting it out there, talking about it, exposing it, almost dispels... It's not even mystery. It dispels the secrecy and actually demystifies demystifies it. it And Mm. some of the attraction, believe it or not, goes, Mm. you know... And then that's the thing f- came over when you were saying that. It's really, I hate to say it, bringing out of the dark and into the light. Yeah. Oh, it's not just me. You see, Everybody you have to, struggles. We,
0: we'll, at some point we have to move on from pornography. However, I remember I was about 31, 32 and God. So I had been, uh, I've been a minister in the past. So I'd been a URC minister at the time and God really convicted me about pornography. And it was only an occasional issue because before the internet went absolutely mad, I mean, you know, it was an occasional issue. So um, I remember that happening. And I remember going to a pastor friend of mine, very mature Baptist minister and saying, I think I need to talk to Sophie about this. Sophie, for those of you that don't know, is my wife. She's the much nicer one of our couple. (laughs) And I think I need to talk to Sophie. And he said, oh, no, you don't want to do that because that just puts pressure on her. That's not right. Just deal with it between you and God. And I remember... I've learned such a lot from that because that is so wrong. Mm. Shame finds its way through in the dark. The whole thing about keeping things in the dark, there's a passage in the scripture. I can't remember where it is. I'm sure Matt will know because he knows the scriptures off by heart. (laughs) There's a passage in the scripture that says what was in the dark must be brought out into the Mm. light. And I remember telling Sophie that I've got this problem I've had this problem since I was a teenager I struggle with it and wrestle with it most of the time it's not a problem but when I feel stressed that's when it comes through and I remember confessing that to her and I remember how awful it felt at the time to do it but how much better it is now that when I've had it as a problem I can turn around and say Sophie it's happened again and she'll say I'll pray with you and that was so important and then the next week I preached about it in church wow. and uh, that was an interesting day. I was very brave of you. <laughs> and half the men came forward for prayer. Mm. I mean, at that time, none of the women came forward for prayer and it's coming out the women too. It's not an issue just for men, but it was just, wow, that is under the surface. It doesn't take much scratching. And by putting shame on it, then... We are just making it negative, making it impossible. And it is not a matter of shame. There is a difference between shame and conviction. Shame only leads down the rabbit hole and only leads away from God. Conviction leads to healing. If we follow God's conviction of us, it leads to healing. Matt, in his gargantuan brain, has found this passage.
1: (laughs) With the help of an iPhone. Yeah, John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And, and that that's the thing isn't it when it's brought into the light the darkness cannot have any power anymore and that's that I totally agree with you Nigel actually it's a similar story with myself uh, again the, the, when you know that you have to confess that to somebody be that someone you respect uh, and, uh, if a guy's another guy or if a lady's another lady but actually to confess it to your partner I think if anything, or to everyone listening. Uh, well, yeah, on a podcast, but, but, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too late; everyone knows now. <laughs> um, uh, but to to do that, you know, there there have been times where I've had to do that, and and as you said, pray praying through it. I think it's a common thing, but it doesn't get spoken about enough. I mean, you you two guys, you're married, like <laughs> care to jump in on this yeah.
2: one? <laughs> um Well, a little segue away from pornography. I mean, yeah, please, um, <laughs> yeah. So. I don't have a problem with pornography and I'm glad that Nigel mentioned women because I think the age of the internet makes it easier because you've got exploration.
1: So sins of the flesh, we talked about pornography, sexual immorality, greed, gluttony, what else?
3: Well, personally, I've dealt with drunkenness in the past. You know, and obviously my wife knows that I am was an alcoholic um, six years ago when I came to Bishop Stortford and met Christine I didn't even know I was an alcoholic but or I was in denial of being an alcoholic rather and I was a functioning alcoholic so I just binge drink and this was something that I sort of tried to keep to myself really I was in denial which most alcoholics are really to be honest you they are you know you you're in denial of your your lifestyle what how it affects you and it, it was a real problem in our marriage early doors and nearly ruined well we nearly didn't get married because of this problem and you know I had to come to the end of myself but with Christine's help being extremely graceful and loving me more than anybody's ever loved me before. Do you know what I mean? And we battled through it. You know, it took it took a while, but I had to stop drinking. i came mm. come to a point where it was, well, no, I can't just binge drink every couple of months or every six months. It was like, no, my marriage is more important than this. And I need to, again, show self-control. Mm. And I had to, the drink was controlling me. So I, I had to, I had to stop. Yeah. But How did you deal with it? Christian?
2: So I think for me, Mark says the marriage, his marriage was more important. The way I saw it is probably the way God saw it, that Mark was more important than this. And so all the time that Mark thought he was functioning, I had seen way before we'd got married all the good things that God had planted in his life had turned around his life from the um, revival in Qumbran and but what Mark didn't realise by giving in to this acceptable social drinking to excess that he was actually keeping himself away for what God had for him and God you see Mark today I don't think Mark could have envisaged what God had for him but God had spoken to me that Mark had a drink problem. And I'm not being the heroine here. (laughs) Um, That's a whole other problem. Yeah. Um, So God really spoke to me that there was an issue that Mark had to deal with and Mark had to own up to it. And it wasn't for me to go to Mark and say, you've got to give up otherwise. Because God had to do the work for it to yield the right results. And so... I think i prayed i showed grace (laughs) and when mark finally told me that he had a problem with drinking because he'd go for weeks without it so he could have looked like he didn't have a drink problem you know a football game would go on and then that would be it you know and it would be acceptable so mark had to come to the conclusion that he had a problem and then it was for me to support him because god had already told me this But I wasn't going to be a doormat, if anybody knows me.
1: So what you said you, you, you showed grace. What does that mean?
2: So for me, that was not to bully somebody into what I wanted them to do. Even if I could see that's what God had for them, that was to allow him to come to that place on his own. And that I was willing to walk that journey with him and with God. But part of that journey was me, him and God, not the booze. And it it was really... And the way it happened was really almost so instantaneous. Because you'd think, well, how am I suddenly going to give it up? You know, and I was playing avoidance tactic. I remember even at the wedding sort of like going, oh, is it all right for me to have a glass of champagne? Or is it all right? But Mark would actually actually pour me a drink and I'd like oh is that all right am I doing and he'd be saying I don't actually want it so what God did was like real miraculous and I think in that me giving Mark space and God space to work yielded a better result Mm. because I think if I thought I could do it again me acting in the flesh we wouldn't have had the same result He would have given it up for a bit, something would have happened, a trigger would have happened and he would have drunk for a bit. But allowing the space for God to do it and I actually had a good conversation with God and said, do you know what? What's acceptable to me and what's acceptable to you? If it doesn't, if Mark doesn't want to play by those rules, this is done. And I, you know, I didn't want a wrecked relationship. I've been single for 15 years. But for me, I had to... um, Say to God, I trust you that you want what's best for Mark and you want what's best for our marriage, and I had to leave it there. So sometimes with grace, there is this absolute yielding
1: that God knows best and He will come forth with the best result. Did you feel that grace, Mark? Like,
3: definitely, definitely, because you know it it didn't happen overnight and we revisited this. On numerous occasions, where I'd, you know, something would trigger me f- from my past. I remember once that we, something. I this is really stupid, but Christine had gone to sell a mobile phone on her on f- Facebook. From Facebook, yeah. Facebook, and this really dodgy guy was insisting on coming to the house to pick this phone up, and it was a really dodgy deal. And I don't know what this guy was going to do, but he. he st- he was coming from London and it triggered all the violence in my past and that I've been through and I knew this guy was up to no good and I knew that he was coming to our house and it the thing is with trauma it triggers it brings the past right into the present so after I dealt with the guy and told him you know you ain't coming to my house you know I I went next door got a baseball bat reverted back to my old (laughs) And this Um, is what
2: God needed to take out of Mark because Mark went to get a baseball bat and I went to the bedroom to pray. And Mark said to me, why are you so calm? And I said, because you've told him not to come and I've prayed prayed to God that he will protect us. mm. And Mark went and got a baseball bat. And for me as a Christian, that was irrational because I went, but I've prayed. And the fact that I said I've prayed, Mark couldn't get that then that just spiraled in.
3: Yeah, and, you know, that triggered, then obviously the guy didn't come in the end because I managed to stop him from coming, but it Hang was... Hang on a minute. I prayed to God. That's why he didn't come. <laughs> sure, I yeah. had complete okay, faith. Okay. You were running no, around you're right. getting the baseball bat. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> he didn't come. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you're right. It is because it is God's doing. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes I don't give him enough credit for the stuff that we never ever see him doing but the point was that after I'd come down from that heightened state I went and had a drink you know and that trigger then sent me on a a spiral for I think it was two weeks wasn't it it was and I don't think that was the last time but you know God's healed me do you know what I mean and especially Christine's had to be graceful in that period of time while I've healed physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, mentally, you know, I don't get triggered anymore Mm -hmm. because God's healed me. I don't suffer from the traumas of my past anymore because God's been a father to me. But along that journey, Christine had to be very, very patient and forbearing and graceful and understanding and show peace and the other thing that the thing is with christine she's always full of joy as well and it's, it's surprising how that can counterbalance <laughs> yeah but no but you know i say this to you all the time though yeah. do you know what i mean you are you carry so much joy it's and it, living in a house full of joy every day is you know that must have healing properties do you know what i mean mm. i'd really believe that
2: you might as well get with the program or get annoyed so you got with the program yeah and for me as mark said that for the two weeks that he spiraled out out after that if i thought grace was the soft touch he probably would have carried on he had to know that my boundary and god's boundary was if you want to keep repeating this cycle you're gone and for me in a new marriage that was difficult but i had to trust god and i would have gotten a Wouldn't have got this man in front of me who was hungry to grow and do things for God. But God always knew that.
0: And the things we value so often we hold them as more precious than God does. But the reality is God holds you guys more Mm. at his heart and the palm of his hand than anything. I think it's really important that we remember that this stuff is a process. You know... There is, a, there is a, a stream in Christianity and a stream in faith that says, well, you come to the Lord and everything's better. Uh-uh. <laughs> I have a name for that, and I don't want to be the second person in this podcast to beep out. It's just rubbish. The reality is that this is a process. I remember there, is, there was somebody who said, um, if salvation is the only purpose for our existence, why are we still sucking air? Why aren't we taken to heaven the moment we come to faith? And the reason is we are given the privilege, the blessing to grow. God is God's purpose is growth and it's transformation and we are given the purpose to grow. And all of us sitting around the table here, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for everybody else. I am just gobsmacked at how much God has done in my life, how mature he's made me. How I am still Nigel, I'm still the same person, but I'm just more Nigel than I used to be because I'm God's Nigel more yeah. than I've ever been. And if we do this in three or four years' time, I'll be even more like that. Love I her. just think God's so good. Yeah,
1: mm. so let's let's start summing up then because we we said quite quite a lot. Um, let's go around and and see. Okay, <laughs> so what is the first line? of offense when it comes to dealing with acts of the flesh Mark
3: self-control definitely self-control I think that if we can practice self-control it's just a starter it's that teachable moment it's that moment where you just maybe either count to 10 if you're angry or pause if you're flicking through your phone and you come across something that could lead you to watching something you shouldn't be watching or it could be getting cut up in traffic in your car whatever it is it's just that split second trying to practice self-control that's what i think
2: can i have two go on then gentleness and kindness coming back to what you or nigel was saying earlier on if you're more gentle more kind to yourself first actually You're probably not going to want that instant indulgence. Yeah. You know, because you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And when you feel good about yourself, you want to do good to others.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For for me, it's joy and finding where I get joy from. Yeah. You know, and choosing. Actually, there is so much more joy in knowing that I'm going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant Mm. than it is from a quick high by going on a website that I know is not good for me and not good for, for others.
0: See, I, I'm going to sound hyper spiritual now because I'm not going to refer to the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> at all. I'm Come going to man. refer to a verse, a few verses before it's in uh, Galatians five and it's the second half of verse six. And it says the only things that counts is faith expressing itself through love and love is one of the fruit of the spirit, part of the fruit of the spirit. And, It's that love of God. It's being in God's place. I always find when I've fallen, when something's gone wrong, when I'm feeling rubbish about myself and I'm not the happy-go-lucky, skippy kind of bloke that people see from the outside, I'm quite intense and I'm quite melancholic. When that happens and I find myself drowning, it's always because i haven't been in god's presence Mm. it's always because i have lost sight of who god says i am because i am a child of god and he loves me and i love him and he loves Mm. what i love and he hates what i hate he just loves me so well yeah sorry to sound super spiritual
1: no, that's great well look thank you so much for your honesty <laughs> for sharing your time with us and i just want to thank you to everybody listening as well hopefully we've got your brains a ticking over this question and maybe you'll find your own answers to to that question once again what is the first line of offense against the sins of the flesh thanks again for listening bye-bye
0: We hope you found this episode of the Playmakers podcast worthwhile. It's so important for us to know that we're not alone as we follow Jesus. We're all in it together. If there are things that the podcast has highlighted and you need some support or follow up, you can reach out to the church office or to your small group leader. If you're not in a small group, try and join one if you can. They're so good for support and friendship. Next time on the Galatians podcast, we're going to be thinking about a different question. And the question is, when life hits you extra hard, how do you get up and carry on in faith? We look forward to seeing you then.